Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. It's just crazy how things work. And and you told me the day before on the phone, um, you know, that's just if you lost and you're going to lose in the next heat, then that's, you know, the way God wanted it to be. And if you lose and then you go on to win the whole contest, there was a lesson and there was something in there that, you know, God wants to show you. And you just got to be faithful to surf your best and and honor him with your thoughts and, and your actions going into it. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast, and I'm so happy to get to share this extra special interview with all of you. You're just listening to a short clip from this interview with my third son, 18-year-old Luke Swanson, and I just grabbed Luke. He was getting ready to take off for the rest of the summer to head to Indonesia, a little group of islands called the Mentawais, where he's surfing and training all summer long. But before he left, I was like, Luke, can I just do a quick interview with you? Because, some of you know, he just had returned earlier in the summer from a trip to El Salvador, where he was competing in the Youth World Champs of Surfing, and he took the win. So he got the world title, and it was really the biggest event of his surfing career. And since I know a lot of you have followed along for years, even 11 and a half years ago, I started blogging, and some of you have been following along for that long, as Luke was just a little guy coming up in his surfing. And we've never really chronicled his whole story, and I thought it would be really fun to do that here. Uh, Though surfing may not be something that is relatable to all of you, I think Luke's story and some of the things he's gone through, the wins, the losses, his faith journey in surfing will be an encouragement. So maybe some of your kids can listen in to this interview as Luke shares. Now, I know that Some of it may not be super relatable where Luke's using some surf language. We talk about sponsors and contracts and all that, but I left it all in there because I know that some of your families do surf and it might be interesting. And also just because I think on some level, everyone's going to relate and hopefully be encouraged, but you are 
welcome to skim um, through that second half. I do hope you can catch the last few minutes though, where Luke shares a little bit more um, encouragement and a bit more of his faith journey. So hopefully that'll be an encouragement to your kids. And just thanks for letting me share this a little bit more personal part of our family journey. Um, We're not at the end. This is just the beginning of Luke's professional surf career, but it is a big milestone. So thanks for being a part of that with all of us. Now in the next weeks, we have so many good interviews, so many topics I can't wait to share with you. So thank you. I know that summer is such a busy time. So it means so much to me that you take the time to hang out with me each week. Thank you for continuing to spread the word about this podcast, whether you're using social media or just word of mouth. Thank you so much. And now without further ado, I want to dive right in and share this interview with my son, Luke, about his road to becoming the junior world champ of surfing. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Luke, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. Hi, Mom. Thank you. It's always so good to have you here. And you are about to pack your bags and be out the door. Yeah. Headed to Indonesia. For how long? Um, (laughs) I don't know, actually. (laughs) At least a month. I know that. Okay. Most of the summer. I might be back next year. I'm just kidding. Well... We are excited to celebrate with you and congratulate you on your recent Junior World Champ win. Yeah, thank you. I'm super, super excited about it too. And uh, it was a great experience. So yeah, my my heart is full. Aw, good. And that was in surfing for any new listeners out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else? If you couldn't be a world champ surfer, what would you want to be? Like in a dream, it doesn't have to be realistic. An astronaut. Oh, well, that. But like sport, like what world oh, champ? Hey, world oh. champ astronauts, a great idea, but I don't um, know if they have those. Oh, world champ. Yes. Oh, okay, I see. Um, man, I really like snowboarding. I like mm-hmm. I like board sports. Um, maybe football. I think football is mm-hmm. super cool. Or soccer. Soccer is, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like every sport. And you like basketball. And I like basketball yeah. too. Hockey. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know about hockey, but everything else. Baseball. Right. You are getting used to being on a mic. You've had a few interviews recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll- it seems that when you win things, you get interviewed a lot. <laughs> Just not- a note to self. <laughs> And when you lose, you don't. And when you lose, uh, yeah, nobody really wants to talk to you. You kind of just fade into the background. Yeah. Aw, that's, that's hard. They should interview the losers too. Yeah, but then they'd, they'd be all bitter. Yeah, you'd be crying. Well, to be fair, you did just have a rough one this week. Yeah, I I came home and uh, um, I just kind of went, I, I proved the point that winning only lasts so long. Mm. I came home and about... Five or six days later, maybe a week later, I lost in my first heat hmm. <laughs> in a pretty big event here at home. So yeah, but you were against like pros too. Like it was yeah. a big, it was a pro event. Yeah, yeah. No, it was so. it was high level surfing, but but it was still you know super disappointing. Yeah, and it just goes to show that victories and big wins are just you know they're temporary. Yeah, they don't last. They come and go, as yep. do the losses. As do the losses. See, can't hold on to anything too tightly. Oh, that's such a such an important thing to keep in mind always, mm-hmm. whether you're at the top or not doing so well. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm I'm so proud of you, of course, and I will link in our show notes to 
anything I can, at least the highlights from um, El Salvador mm. and your world champ win and your post win interview so people can see you behind a mic. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right. So I thought just for kicks in celebration and in honor of this recent win, uh, we would just kind of go back and I'd ask you a few questions. I'm hoping maybe some listeners will have kids who are either athletes or students doing, you know, shooting for the stars and whatever they do. Mm -hmm. And perhaps we can just go back, look at what it took to get where you are and um, maybe what you share will encourage someone else out there. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. So, uh, and also in light of the fact that listeners maybe haven't followed all the way from the beginning. I know I have some blog post readers who were like with us 11 years ago, back when you <laughs> wow. were like yeah. just getting started. But um, take us back and tell us like how old you were when you started surfing. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say to you, like, I just, I, I, I feel like on this topic, a big encouragement just to everyone, like you were saying, for the kids that are shooting for the stars, I feel truly that every kid should shoot for the stars. Like yeah. that's just been a big thing I've realized lately is that the people that don't shoot for the stars don't usually get there. Mm -hmm. And the people that do that hold on to that and, and fight with everything they got usually get there. So Ooh. that's the first thing I wanted to say. I love that. Yeah. But you were, you asked me, what was it like growing up? Well, first of all, I'm just going to say that reminds me of a Bible verse. I'm thinking of Colossians 3.23 that says, do you know it, Luke? Whatever you do. Uh, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as for the Lord, not for men. There you go. Absolutely. So whatever that looks like, everyone's got different interests, mm. different gifts, talents, skills, passions. So I love your advice. Yeah. And, and that's another thing is everyone has, everyone has a gift and everyone has something they're passionate about. Sometimes it's just really hard to figure out what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody lives on the North shore and grows up surfing, but mm -hmm everybody has something and and that's just god's design for humans you know mm -hmm. that's just how we're made we're made with passions and loves for different things that we do mm -hmm. that's so good and someone like levi for example did mm. grow up surfing but kind of discovered his at least current passion <laughs> yeah. when he was like turning 11 so yeah. took a little longer than some people Mm -hmm. our teenagers or even adults, but keep trying things, right? Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge part is that if you don't, if you don't try to find things that you love or to discover what those things are, then you won't. You won't. And so Levi grew up, you know, he would do surf contests partly because we encouraged him to, and would probably make him go, but also <laughs> because he, you know, was like, okay, here's an opportunity to do something and work hard at it mm -hmm. and do it all the time and, and honor God with it. And that's what I'm going to do. And yeah. then eventually it was kind of like, oh, maybe that's not what I want to do. Maybe it's something else, but at least there was another thing, you know, he, I don't think he just stopped and then waited. Yep. It just kind of came out. That's so good. I love that. Great words of encouragement. Okay. Now. Going back to kind of what you said, you're yes. you asking me about how old were you when you started surfing? I was, well, that's a, my answer is always the same and it's, I don't know because I don't remember. <laughs> I just have been surfing. Like I have these kind of foggy memories of being, um, very, very little and having dad standing up on his board, but I was also on his board. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously small enough that I wasn't like that much added weight. <laughs> yeah. So I was probably like 
five years old, four or five years Younger, old. And, and think, yeah. Yeah. And I think we when you were two or three, you rode some waves probably with that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I th- That's just the first memories I can I can recall Yeah, um, being over there on the west side surfing these little waves and just being like my – he was holding my hands so my arms are stretched out and like <laughs> my feet are just kind of planted on the board and he's kind of just holding me there but I'm also sort of standing up riding it and I was like – Totally. You know, that's where it all started for sure. So fun. Mm-hmm. I love those videos. Okay. I'm thinking like of people now doing that with their little kids. So yeah, it's so much fun. Bethany Hamilton's are. got some cute little kids and mm-hmm. get on boards. And Okay. Well, um, but you weren't necessarily passionate about it in your early years. You had a couple of years where you surfed. And then I remember a certain time where you kind of took a break. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um yeah, surfing wasn't like you and dad, I don't think ever made it. Uh, like you guys never really, I don't think <laughs> you, you can tell me, but I feel like you guys didn't necessarily see it as like the blueprint for our future was mm-hmm. board sports. Like you didn't see us all going off to become professional surfers or skaters. We were really into skating at the time. Yeah. And definitely dad was not like the King Richard, at least yet. Yeah. It was like, I've got a plan for your life. Yeah. Like if anything he did, and it was for like soccer. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, it was like, we're just doing what we like to do. Um, and you guys were being super supportive of it, obviously. But And we would enter you like in the fun little kid contest because everyone did it and it was fun yeah. and a chance to learn to compete. And I think you guys did a good job at making the transition from being, you know, from the Northwest where you grew up, everyone plays soccer and football and mm-hmm. basketball to like, oh, I guess here we do skate competitions mm-hmm. in someone's yard and we <laughs> go to surf contests all around the island. And so we just did that because it was fun. But Right. Really, I can't even recall a certain point. I mean, maybe until I was like a lot older where I thought surfing is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. This is how I'm going to like make money. This is how I'm going to like, you know, make a career. Like mm-hmm. like none of that really was ever my thought growing up. And I don't think you guys knew how how to do that even. You right. didn't know how to set a kid up to become a professional surfer. So yeah, we were it new. really was natural. Yes. And I think Josiah started doing some contests and he's what, four years older than you. Mm-hmm. So he was doing some contests. Jonah by then wasn't really competing much, but that's when I remember, I don't know if dad was getting you on some bigger waves, but you kind of like got a little weirded out and for a little while didn't want to surf. Yeah. I was probably like seven years old or something. And it was just kind of like just natural like my dad had my older brothers going out and then he was kind of like hey like I think you should do this and then I kind of pulled the whole like no I don't want to do that like (laughs) I I, like just like any little kid can be like I was like you know what no I'm just not gonna surf and then dad was like what do you mean not gonna surf I had just done good in like my first contest too and I had just got this this brand new blue like beautiful little board and I was like, I don't even care about the board. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And dad was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm over it. And then I like stopped. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, obviously for me, when I was little, that was like a huge deal, but it was probably like (laughs) two, two months later that I like started surfing again. (laughs) And it was after I watched, um, Bethany Hamilton's movie, Soul Surfer. I remember for whatever reason we watched, I watched that movie. We watched it in the theaters and I like I don't even know why. I think maybe mm. it was just watching her go back to surfing mm-hmm. after the shark mm. attack that whatever it was that she overcame, I guess, inspired me to be like, you know what? Surfing is like the coolest thing ever. And mm. I'd be silly to not want to do this all the time if I can. And I remember just being like, dad, I think I actually 
kind of want to surf. And he's like, well, it's too late. I already sold your board. Oh. And I was like, well, I still want to surf. So I just started using Josiah and Jonah's board. How do you really sold your board? Yeah, he sold it. <laughs> I didn't remember got rid that. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was how I got back into it. And I haven't stopped since then. That's right. I think that's when I took it really serious too. Like I was probably like eight years old or something. And I was like, I'm all okay, I want to do all the contests that I can. Like, yeah. Um, but again, not, not as like, I want to be, you know, like, obviously it was like, I was dreaming of being a professional surfer, but it wasn't like I was right. dependent on it yet. Yeah. Or it probably didn't even seem like a reality. Yeah. I didn't. It, yeah. I think uh, like any kid, dream. it's just kind of like, oh, what's your dream when you're older? It's like, yeah. oh, I want to be a professional surfer, but it's not like, so what are you going to do when you're older? Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was right. like, it's just what I wanted. I was wow. dreaming of that. And from that time. There were many days of training. You trained with a coach that mm. was um, sometimes a little challenging. <laughs> yeah, that was actually, I, I feel like those are the years that are the most important for like any surfer is like your understanding of how much you want something and then how how you achieve that. And so, yeah, my first coach, Kehea Hart, he's still coaching here on the North Shore. He's a, he's a tough guy, you know, and, and he's he's brought up a lot of great surfers from over here and I remember he took me out in a lot of bigger days at some spots that are like notorious for being like deadly and like super powerful and you're like I trembling was like trembling had like these tiny little boards I was like probably like 80 pounds <laughs> and you know all my friends were kind of doing it and so I just kind of did it too and and uh you know he tested all of our limits uh individually so mm. I I definitely pushed my limits and, and overcame some big fears. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's, that's just kind of how it is here on the North shore, especially just every year you're just overcoming a little bit more fear and, <sighs> and becoming a little bit stronger. I couldn't go out there. I still <laughs> don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, that's so cool. And then you were entering contests and sometimes doing well and sometimes not. Yeah. And that was like, that was really interesting because um, it's, I like now in life how I have a little bit more perspective and I can like talk to younger kids about this. And that's like one of my favorite things to do is just to kind of like look for kids that were in my shoes at one point, um, or in my, sh or yeah, or feeling where I was mm -hmm. kind of whatever, 10 years ago. And, you know, like you take it so seriously when you're mm -hmm. little, it's like, I just want to win. I just want to be better than this kid or, or you just want that feeling of accomplishment and I didn't really get that for probably the first like three or four years of, yeah. of competing, um, as an amateur, of course. And you know that, I think that's hard, but the first thing is that there's so much of it. There's so much competition that you're kind of, you learn how to shake it off pretty mm -hmm. quickly and turn around and then go back out there and do good. And I never got too upset. Like I definitely had, I definitely cried like 80% mm -hmm. yeah. of the yeah. time when yeah. I lost and yeah. I was like heartbroken. But then I would just kind of like, you know, a week later I'd be back in the same spot doing another competition. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like, it's hard to like remember what kind of kept me going aside from just the uh. fact that I loved doing it even if I lost. Yeah. And, um, I remember the, the fourth place thing in, in surfing, typically, uh, there'd be like five kids in a heat, I think in the early years, five or six and yeah, yeah five or six and the top three would advance to top the next. Three would make it, yeah. And like, we had that thing where fourth place was such, such like the worst because oh, yeah. you'd be like so close to third. Yeah. And we'd be when like, Oh, little, I'd rather get little, sixth yeah, than fourth. When you're little, you think about that stuff way more. You're like, 
oh, I'd way rather be last place than fourth place. And I'd way rather be, uh, you know, first than third. But obviously, if you got third, you were super stoked. But yeah. all that stuff was way more important back then. So, yeah, fourth place happened so many times that right. I probably became used to it at some yeah. point. Um, and you're sitting there and you're th- hearing your name, you know, like fourth place. And you're waiting for them to say it. And then they say it. And you're like, oh, I know. Oh, just your heart. Just barely didn't make it. <laughs> oh, and then you do it all over again, like the next day or the next weekend. Yeah. Oh, I can still feel it. Yeah. And the worst is when you travel far for it, either outer island, which is a, a big trip from Oahu when oh, you yeah. have to get a hotel and flights and all that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, or to the mainland. And then first heat. <laughs> oh, and we did that. We did that like a I can't even few think about t- it. I, so lower trestles is like the best wave in the world for competitions That's in California. San Clemente. Yeah, yeah, San Clemente, like SoCal. And and I got and I barely got it. I like wasn't qualified, but we flew there anyways mm-hmm. to do other stuff. And then I got, you know, uh whatever, like not alternate even a, spot. Yeah, alternate spot. And I got in and I lost first heat mm. and then went back the next year. I think I lost first heat again. And then maybe the third year mm. I lost again first heat. <laughs> and that's crushing because it's the best wave. So everyone does their best surfing there. So it should be the most, mm. you know, even playing field. And yeah, those mm. those ones hurt. They sure. do. Hey guys, I just want to pause real quick here to tell you about a resource that I know many of you will be interested in. Though we are in the full swing of summer, the school year is just looming right ahead of us. I know some of us are getting ready to start the school year, and we want to be prayerful as we start the school year, right? I hear from so many parents that are looking for helpful resources, ways to pray better for their kids, and Christian Parenting has a new resource that will help you with that. It is called Key Psalms to Pray Over Your Kids. This is a weekly guide that will help you pray specifically. It's a journal that draws from songs, poems, and expressions of faith found in the 150 chapters of Psalms. And these are just a really helpful guide, a way that you can pray from the beginning of the school year all the way to the end for your kids specifically. I love it. It's such a helpful way to start or end your days as you go into the school year ahead and all that will come with it. So go over to cpgive.org. Again, CP as in Christian Parenting, give.org. Request your copy, and I know you're going to love it. And now let's get back to the episode. For people listening, I mean, I think about how many athletes, how many great, great professional athletes, even Michael Jordan, some of these people who are just legends will tell the same story in their sport, that they got cut from the team, that they were the last one picked, whatever else. Yeah. And so hanging in there. Well, yeah. I mean, the just the biggest um, fact about competing in any sport is that you lose more than you win. Mm. And so I have learn when you lose and you learn and you remember it. Mm. And I have way more stories about losing than I do winning. Like so many stories about the the feeling of just absolute, you know, being crushed and just like wanting to like not do the next event and not wanting to keep surfing or whatever it is. And, and at the same time you see all your friends that are really good at (sighs) surfing and they're all like, for me, sponsorship was big. So when you're little, yeah, talk to explain the sponsorship thing because yeah, that so might when, be different. When you're little, like you, you obviously you don't just like start surfing because you're sponsored. You just start surfing. But usually, you get these surf shops or you get these big um, big name brands to sponsor you, and it's it's really nothing more than them just showing that they want to support you. Mm-hmm. So they'll give you free clothes. They'll maybe have a coach nearby that'll coach you. 
Um, they'll have a little place for you to hang out at the contest. Like they, they definitely take care of you, Mm -hmm. but it's, and real quick, let's just start with, and sometimes it starts really small. It might be, oh, well, yeah, I mean, let's use Josiah. Sorry, Josiah. (laughs) But when Josiah was just getting started again, we knew nothing, but do you remember his first sponsor? Yeah, I do. He got sponsored by like a green tea, green tea, Hawaii. Hawaii. And I think they gave him stickers Stickers and and a t-shirt. And, and, green and, and green tea yeah. packets that yeah. we put in our. I really didn't like that. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, hopefully you're not listening. I know. Yeah, Sorry. And, and my first sponsor was like an airlines between oh, here yeah. and and Maui local. and like a local little airlines and and at the time like that was all the kids were sponsored by. It wasn't. No, it was none of their main sponsor. Like it wasn't their only or main sponsor, but it, they were all sponsored by it. And I remember I got out of this heat. When I was little and I just beat some big name kids and I was like as stoked and as <laughs> happy as I could possibly be. And then a few of the kids from that company came over to me with like stickers and were like, hey, they want to sponsor you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this could not be the, a bigger moment for me. And it was which just meant like, you got free And I flights. put it on the nose of my board, like which is like where you put, you know, Your usually the big name sponsors. <laughs> I put it like on the nose of my board and everyone probably was like, what is this kid doing? Like that's just a secondary sponsor. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know. like Which meant he got free flights and I don't think I did. So we would still, or maybe we could go standby or something. Standby, yeah. But yeah, it, it was still super cool. Yeah. but <laughs> But going back to our point, like, Really, the losses. There's so much of them, and and it and it for me, it was really hard well, because it was probably three years since I started competing where I was losing and I wasn't doing good, and all the kids around me got sponsored, and I still wasn't sponsored, mm-hmm. and even some kids were getting paid by companies to like surf and and be in contests and stuff, and people were putting out these videos that were great and like. Just all the stuff, you know, that I wasn't mm. getting. And when you're little, that stuff is even bigger than it is now. Like, oh, it's yeah. just the world. And so... And in comparison, it's hard not to. One, one oh, of your yeah. very best friends was, like, one of the top surfers in the world already. And at eight years old, I think he was, you know, signing big contracts. Oh, yeah. And that, that and, like, and sh- for me was, like... Four. Shout out to Eli Hanneman, who's still one of your great friends. Yeah. And, and, and super inspiring for you to, you know, he's a year and a half older than you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But he was amazing and you had spent time with him and you kind of, it's hard not to compare. Like, who am I? He's getting all this attention. He's surfing for Hurley. Well, to his credit, he's a super humble person. So for me, it was, I was, I, I knew everything. We didn't talk about it. And what was really cool is that he wanted to hang out with me a lot. And I think that was because we both you know, shared, well, he's a Christian. Yeah, too. we both shared our faith in God, and we mm-hmm. both got to like talk about that even at a young age, which was cool. And we're both making good decisions and not like being little punks, you know. So it was cool that we got to hang out, and I got to see kind of his his focus and his motivation to go out there and surf every day and push it, which is crazy. And it, and it, I mean, intense. Oh yeah, he's he's been crazy since he was like mm-hmm. like very little, and so I was inspired by that, and I think that's just. You know, that's another huge thing about becoming better as an athlete and as a person is just being with people that are better than you. Mm. And he was light years ahead of me at that point when I first started hanging out with him. And I mean, you know, because of that, I've I grew so much as a surfer and as a human and as a, as a competitor, too. I learned how to accept losses and just kind of see like, oh, OK, well, I got better. I lost this event and I didn't you know, do as well as I wanted to. But a year ago, I can see that I was better Mm. than I was then. And that was like, you know, those were the encouragements that I had. And 
I had so many different people. Like we would go to sponsors. I remember you and me would like <laughs> contact these people and just kind of not even really ask for sponsorship or anything. But it was just like, what do we do to get there? Yeah. Like, I just wanted to know, like, do I have to surf better? Do I have to get better results in contests? Like, what what, what is it? And Instagram. They, they all didn't really care about results. A lot of them didn't yeah. really care much about the hype. They just cared about the potential, mm-hmm. really. That's what it was. Yep. And so a lot of them saw my surfing. And I think that I hadn't got, you know, I, I had like, you know, thanks to God, I had, I had some natural ability and I had some different technique things that were just naturally there. And they just kind of saw that and they saw my personality and they just kind of always said the same thing, which was like, keep doing what you're doing. Mm. And I heard that so (laughs) many times. We got so sick of that. We're like, we, I I heard that so many times that it was almost like it hurt when people would say it to me. Cause I was like, I have been like, I've been doing the same thing. Cause it I've feels like it. forever oh, when, when you're yeah, 12. When a year goes by and you still haven't got sponsored, you feel like, what am I still doing over here? Like yeah. I should be. So, and, and why did we want sponsorship? Maybe, well, obviously it just, as a kid, it's like what you do, what you want. Yeah. But, it's the way, I mean, it's the biggest thing in the world, yes. but you don't even know why. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but as parents, I can say, you know, surfing does get expensive and coaching gets expensive and travel. And so, you know, that once you've got a sponsor, even if initially it's just some free clothes or free gear, it just shows promise. It right? shows promise. And, and the hope is, you know, eventually you sign a contract, which is kind of next level sponsorship where mm-hmm. then they start either um, rewarding you with uh, financial rewards if you win, or sometimes it's just a contract, like a, a salary, travel budget. Travel budget. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so tell when that first happened. Well, yeah. And, and my first sponsor wasn't with on contract, right? It was quick. I got sponsored by Quicksilver, which was to this day, one of the greatest days of my life. Mm-hmm. I remember you got the phone call. It wasn't even dad. You got the phone call. You were outside of my room. And I remember it kind of like just the way you answered the phone. It was the home phone, I think. And uh-huh. the way you answered the phone just kind of seemed different from mm-hmm. usual. And I don't know how I picked up on that, but I listened to We might to have told Nate who, who called. Well, yeah, it was Reef McIntosh. And so he, people can check him out. Yeah, great guy. We love him. He's the greatest guy He'll ever. He'll always be special to us oh, from yes. that day. He's amazing. Um so he called my mom and I remember like, I couldn't hear, but I heard bits of the conversation and, and it was about someone else. And I figured it might be about me. And I remember you hung up the phone call with, he's going to be so excited to hear this. <laughs> and I thought, I think that, I think for some reason that I'm about to get sponsored right now. Really? I totally like was wow. thinking that. And so you walked in and you said, Hey Luke, I just got off the phone with someone and I was like, no way this is going to happen. And and I didn't know what it was or who it was. And at that time, Quicksilver, I, I didn't know many people sponsored by them, mm-hmm. but they're a big company. Yeah. And you said that Reef McIntosh had called you. And I just like blew up. I took yeah. the day off school. <laughs> we just partied all day. And I was just so excited. I was like- He wanted to meet. Sprayed, he invited was, us down to the Quicksilver house on the beach oh, to like yeah. chat. No, we did like, oh my gosh, I did. I did. Everything I could possibly do to make it legit that day. I like I spray painted my wetsuits that were different brands to make them like all black so that no one would think that I was on like just re- using whatever. Like I'm on Quicksilver. I was like drawing it on my boards. Proud. I was like so excited. And those are the moments, you know, that that really boosted my confidence. And yes. and and yeah, they built my ego a little bit, but they also just made me feel like, okay, I There's should keep doing this. I, mean, I gotta yes. keep like that's what hard work does. So I was mm. like, okay, I worked for three years. And you were t- 12 then, right? I was 11 or 12. Okay. I might have been 11. I'm okay. not quite sure. 
um, I had worked for years to get something that I made myself. And so mm. that, that just felt so good. And then, you know, fast forward about four years from there, I signed my first contract and that was another right, so long real quick, road. just to give, I mean, we're this far into it. What, what did that contract mean? That meant they gave you clothes. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing was, was just flow, right? They were just giving me, we call that flow. We call it flow, flow. of like you're a flow rider. You have, you get the clothes, you get the coaching, which I got some amazing coaching from Quicksilver. It's stuff that I'll never, ever right. forget. Shout and, out Freddie. Yeah. Freddie Pataccia. He had just retired from the world tour when I got sponsors. And so he took me under his wing and, and, uh, Great so guy. anyways, um, so that was just, that was nothing much more than that though. It wasn't, right. there was no money to go travel. There was no, um, incentives to do good in contests. I just kind of had to keep my head down and keep on doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. And mm -hmm. over the next four years from there, I worked very, very hard to mm -hmm. just become the best surfer I could and to do good in contests. And I started winning. Like I immediately, mm -hmm. like, I think that maybe I started winning a little bit before the sponsorship, but I, my results turned around completely. I started winning a lot more and mm -hmm. I started being first place in the rankings. And I just kind of like, but there were still some downtimes because I remember Freddie being at contests and being like, oh, yeah. he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. I'd oh, be yeah. like, oh. No, no, no doubt for sure. There was, there was still a lot of losses. But, but the, the trajectory but the, yes, was the general, the general, The general sense I got was like, I'm starting to win more. Like I'm mm -hmm. actually, I can, uh, and that went along with the sponsorship. Like I was like, okay, so hard work pays off. Yeah. I've, that's a lesson learned. Like the, no one's making that up. That's actually a real thing. But what I held on to all those years until I got my first contract was, okay, I know I have the ability. And I would go out there, I would surf with them, and I'd see that we're not they're not much better than me. They're not much different from me. They just had something together that I didn't quite have yet, but I would. Yeah. And I knew that I would. And so it was that it was just that objective truth that I kind of held um, for all that time. And and gosh, that was hard, you know, like I, I, I started, you know, there starts to be like questions of like, okay, well, if I want to, you know, pursue surfing as a career, but you know, my, now I'm like 13, 14, I'm starting to think about my future mm -hmm. legitimately. Your brothers are starting to go to college or th apply thinking to about college. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I was just kind of like, all right, I got to like start setting some dates. Like when am I going to have a contract? And if I don't, am I going to just quit mm -hmm. and take it less seriously? Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, you know, worked really hard and yeah. I just kept my head down. I didn't worry about people's results around me. I just worried about myself. And I, like I said, I had some great coaching. And then when I was 15, Rip Curl, um, picked me up with contract. They, right. they, I signed and, a contract and that was, with them. I guess your Quicksilver, you hadn't been on contract. I hadn't been on contract yet, but, but since I got sponsored by Quicksilver, I got a lot of secondary sponsors too. Right. So I started having sunscreen sponsors and and surfboard sponsors and fin sponsors right. and you know everything yeah. like everything everything you, yeah, a surfer gets sponsored by I got sponsored by till which that was point. helpful but it's a lot so of cool. free stuff a lot of free but stuff still no money a lot of cool stuff but no yeah and financial support just shows the most um, commitment yeah. in my mind and that's yeah. the way I thought of it. it was like okay if these people believe in me they're gonna spend money on me right and and they'll give me stuff but they're gonna if they spend money on me that means that they really believe right. in me. And, and, and at that time, you went to Quicksilver because you were kind of loyal. And you were definitely loyal. You were like with them for years. You were happy working with yeah. them. Quicksilver was like, dude, we just don't have anything to offer right now. Exactly. And that honestly, you know, I, it's so easy to let this stuff hurt you and yeah. like determine 
your like value. Like yeah. it's so, so easy to go, wow, Quicksilver didn't like have anything to, you know, fight back with. They didn't have any offers. Does that mean that they don't, they didn't even care about me mm-hmm. as a surfer? Did they think that I don't have any, you know, promise in the future? Yeah. Like, okay, wow. This is like family. And that well, was yeah. Hard. And I'm like, do you guys like, like, come do you, on, do you believe in me? Like yeah. all that, all those just really hard questions as an athlete that you ask. And, uh, yeah. So I, 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 I even called Eli, I remember. And I was like, dude, like, Here's the situation. Rip Curl's offering me contract. Quicksilver isn't it, but and the contract was pretty minor at that point. I mean, it was yeah. not. It, huge. Was, it was just the next step. It wasn't anything crazy. It, it was, was mostly incentives which and traveling means, yeah. and travel. Yeah. yeah. So they it, believed in me to the point that they uh, thought that if I did good in contests, they would want to reward me, and right. they wanted me to travel and get out there. But you weren't buying any cars. <laughs> no, not buying any cars. And and I talked to Eli. I remember, and I was just like really honestly to some extent i was heartbroken cuz i was just like all right you know here's here's what i have to work with and i don't have any leverage against it and do i take it or do i stay mm-hmm. loyal to quicksilver and he was just like well it's the next step dude like you mm-hmm. don't want to like you obviously know what it's like to stay with quicksilver and you know mm-hmm. w- like what you can get out of that and you know what you can get out of this next deal so I don't think it's really a question of what you hoped for. It's just what can you yeah. do with what you got. Right, reality. Yeah, and so I just, you know, I took it. And and, and, and it, you ended things with Quicksilver on a really good note. Like yeah. you're still on good terms with oh, everybody. Yeah. I mean, that it's just not a huge – I mean, it wasn't a huge deal for those guys. <laughs> it just felt huge to For you. me, it was huge. But for those guys, they're not like, you know, they're not – I think Freddie was sad. Yeah, must, they're not beating themselves up over it though too much. Right, right. Especially when it's like a fourteen-year-old. <laughs> and especially when they know that when your next contract is up, because these are all time-based, mm-hmm. there, who knows what the future holds? Yeah, for sure. Right, yeah. even now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so after after I had accepted the deal, after we signed everything, it was a really big, cool moment. I didn't want to play it down at all. Like I, I really wanted to just celebrate it and be stoked mm-hmm. on it and excited, and. uh the cool thing is that right after that, I started getting my bigger results. I won two state championships back to back. Like I won them close together and it was like, that was awesome. Those are big results for me. I was yeah. beating all the kids that have been beating me my whole life. So that was, <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. It felt great. And it just, you know, again, it was just a confidence booster. I knew the whole time that I could do that, but mm-hmm. here it was actually happening. Right. And so after that, you know, I had the deal. It was already signed. It was a couple more years with Rip Curl. And I just put my head down and I knew I just looked at the facts. I wasn't where I necessarily needed to, or wanted to be, but it was where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I started setting goals for my next contract. Mm-hmm. And I didn't look at the people around me. I just kept my head down and worked hard. Mm. And uh, a few years later, contract, you know, expired, re-signed with them, a lot better deal. Mm-hmm. By then I had an agent. Um, you know, things just started, things have just fallen into place. Yeah. And, and I think the overlapping or under underlying, um, kind of thought throughout these, all these years is just don't worry about the people around you. Be very real with yourself, mm-hmm. where your ability is at, um, w- like what your potential is. And if you, if you know that you can do it, then do it and, mm. and work as hard as you can at it. And, yeah. and, it really just takes believing in yourself because maybe I didn't know that I could actually get the contracts that I ended up getting or win the contest that I ended up winning like recently with the world championships. Like 
that sort of stuff is so far out when you're little, mm-hmm. you don't even think about it really, or you don't really think about your potential. But the whole time, it's just been keeping my head down, yeah. working as hard as I possibly can in that moment. And like everyone has always said, just keep on doing what you're doing, you know? Totally. And if you could go back 10 years and know everything it's taken to get to where you are now, it's like, what would you have even thought? Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) It's crazy. Like, would you even, and there's been a lot of ups and downs. So many ups, so many downs, both, both where you think, oh, this is such a big up that, you know, I don't really have to worry about things now. Mm -hmm. And then such low lows where you're like, maybe I should rethink my, what I'm doing. Totally. And yeah, and you just got to have some grit, really. You do. A lot of grit. Well, there's so much more we could talk about, but I want to wrap up and we'll, we'll have a part two at some point. Um, but let's, let's just hop into El Salvador that you are fresh back from. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that was just so much fun. I know some people listening were following. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you. For those of you who followed online, yeah. I was getting up at 3.45 in the morning here in Hawaii to catch his heats on the live cam. But um, but just give us your mindset going into that. That's an invitation thing, right? Mm-hmm. Each area, you surfed for Hawaii rather than you, the U.S. For some reason at World Champs, they have different areas. Yeah, so in that event, they have country-specific teams and uh, Hawaii by a few different organizations is known as their own entity, like their own country. And so living in Hawaii, growing up here, you know, always surfing here, it was just, you know, I got invited to the Hawaii team, which Mm -hmm. was a huge honor because I know that that's a really big, you know, spot. And that's like... Just representing Hawaii is pretty special. Yeah. And only the best surfers get to represent Hawaii. So that was really huge for me to get invited. And then... I pulled the trigger on that and and I went with the team. That was a big investment. You had to pay your way for a, a pretty, Yeah. I I it, mean we had a you, lot of we had a lot of sponsorship. There was it was hard to find uh the management for the team, but we got some great people running it. We got a bunch of fundraising done, but it was still a little bit of like, you know, okay, I got to like invest right. in this a little bit myself. And right. and I had to ask myself like is this going to be worth it? This is going to be really tiring. Yeah. The way the competition works, there's hundreds of athletes and we're all competing against each other for like eight days or something crazy yeah. like that. Just tons it of heat. It was hot over there. It's, yeah, everyone's the getting... Water was hot. Uh, what do you call it? Like dehydrated and, and sun poisoning and, and COVID. heat stroke and <laughs> COVID and like just the mix of crazy things. And so... Is it sea lice? What were you getting bit yeah, by? Yeah, jellyfish. Terrible jellyfish and sea lice. And the and water's hotter than the lightning air. Lightning and thunder and earthquake. Yeah. Can you have... Or was or that Nicaragua? Was Nicaragua yeah. He travels a lot. <laughs> so anyways, it was... Uh, it was a full experience and, and, and I really just, uh, I didn't think about, I didn't, I don't know. Like there was definitely times where I went thinking, went out in my heat thinking, oh man, maybe I won't make this heat or maybe yeah. I will. But I just kind of was very kind of middle of the road focused the whole mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Never really got too excited before the event, never got too bummed out. And I mm-hmm. made sure of that. Like I controlled my thoughts and everything before it. And throughout the event, I did the same thing. You were getting good um, sleep, making sure you slept well. Sleep. I wasn't surfing that much, actually. I just kind of had this mindset of like, whatever I know, whatever I can do, I'm not going to get better in the five days before mm-hmm. the contest. Right. Like, I, I got re- to learn the, about this wave. I got to learn about how it works and how it breaks. And then I got to rest. Yeah. And then I got to surf in my heat and do the best I can. So, yeah, everything, the stars aligned. I really like... I, how, many, I, how many heats did you have to surf to get to the final? I surfed 
nine. I was thinking 10. No, I think 10, maybe nine or 10, 10 10 total probably. And that was more than I've ever done in any like contest Contest. ever. And so, yeah, that was, that was a really cool aspect of it is that it's kind of like a marathon. Everyone has to keep themselves you know, running at the end. And, you have to and, be top two in each heat to advance. And mm-hmm. at some point you were number three, which if put you, you in yes. a repo round. Yep. A rapid charge round. Rapid charge. And then you have to get first and second every heat in the rapid charge. Otherwise you're out of the event and you have to keep getting first and second until the final of the rapid charge, which is four people, the top two make it to the final of the event. And I, I lost out in the semis of the main event. So I went to the quarters of the rapid charge had to Surfed work a few your more way back heats up and then made it to the final and Woo. then uh when the final came on you know it's super exciting i had some really good friends that i'd met through the contest and i had a friend from home Shion, who i i've surfed with since i was you know 7 yeah. years old and um yeah the stars aligned and everything just worked out i i got the waves i needed to and i surfed the way i needed to and i just kind of just like the theme we've been talking about i just kept my head down and mm-hmm. and i really didn't Think about it like it was the biggest deal heat in the world. And um, you kept your cool, kept my cool, and I came out the win. Right on. Yeah. It was God's timing for you. God's timing, 100%. Awesome. It's just crazy how things work. And and you told me the day before on the phone, um, you know, that's just if you lost and you're going to lose in the next heat, then that's, you know, the way God wanted it to be. And yeah. if you lose and then you go on to win the whole contest, there was a lesson and there was something in there yeah. that, you know, God wants to show you and you just got to be faithful to surf your best right. and, and honor him with your thoughts and, and your actions going into it. And that's what I did. And I ended up winning. And that was the first thing I thought was like, wow. So maybe I was supposed to experience that feeling of, wow, mm-hmm. I didn't surf that heat. Well, I didn't do good. I could easily lose. But then I went and I just said, I'm just going to trust in God with everything. And if I win, then that's great. But honestly, like, Either way, I just need to make sure that my thoughts and my actions are right. directed at him and not at something else like myself or my own ability or the other people there. Right. I think as soon as you lost, I was thinking Romans eight twenty eight and like how God works all things together for the good. And I thought, for some reason, he's keeping you out of the next heat. Like, this is going <laughs> to somehow be better. I know like you have to do- I was only going to win those other heats and I, was, I couldn't, yeah. Like, yeah. You, somehow, this was going to be the best path to your final. The and best path. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it, sometimes losing I, is the path to win. 100%. There was things I learned in those rep charge heats that I mm-hmm. couldn't have learned in the main heats that yep. ended up playing into my strategy in the final. So yeah, totally, 100%. Okay. Well, before we close, um, maybe again, in, for any kids listening or parents to encourage their kids, like spiritually speaking, what, what role has faith played in this journey that we just went through? Um, obviously you just talked about what happened at world champs, but, um, how about just your daily walk with God as you've trained to be a world champ? Yeah, I think that um, a big thing for me, there's two things I would say. And the first thing is just uh, all-encompassing trust in God, which is since I was eight years old, it was I trust God with the results of this competition. I trust God with my future, and I want it to be his future for me, not my future for me. Mm. So every contract I've signed, every trip I've gone on has always been something that I've sought out in prayer and I've wanted to make sure was used for God and Mm. and used in some way to either strengthen me as a believer or to, you know, 
show love to someone else or to Mm. do something for someone else. And, and really that's been a, that's been the root of everything. Mm. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it this far, um, mentally if it wasn't for my faith in God. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have made it this far physically or spiritually if it wasn't for God supplying me. Mm. And, um, so that's the biggest thing, you know, that's what keeps me cool when I lose. That's what keeps me hopefully humble when I win. (laughs) And, um, and then the other thing is just really doing everything with all I got. Mm. Um, just like, you know, what was it? Colossians 3, 23, 23 that we were talking about earlier, doing everything, you know, with everything I got. And, and really since I was little, it's just like, there's something honorable about that. There's something God honoring about using your talent to work as hard as you can. And so for me, that's been my surfing and that can be anything for anyone. But, Mm. uh, those two things combined, just working as hard as I can, but then leaving the results to God and not letting my surfing or my results determine who I am and my identity. That's just, those go hand in hand is working as hard as you can, but then realizing I'm a, I surf, but I'm not a surfer. And you know, I, I won, but I'm not a winner. I I lost, but I'm not a loser. Just holding on to everything really loose, loosely. And um, yeah, that's my encouragement. I love that so much. And and you've had some great influences in your life through books you've read, people you follow, mm-hmm. a few people in real life, but um, maybe we'll link to a couple of the books and things that have encouraged oh, yeah. you. Yeah, 100%. There's some great things that I turn to all the time whenever yeah. I lose or I win. Or... And when you're preparing for a contest, you yep. listen to same audible books over and Every over. Every time, yeah. <laughs> There's so it. much wisdom in other athletes and other believers out there. Definitely. Oh, Luke, we could uh, take this conversation on and on, but we will have you back maybe once you're back from your long, long trip to (laughs) Indonesia. And hopefully people can follow along if you're posting while you're away. Mm -hmm. Some really good waves, some beautiful places you'll be. Yeah, I can't wait to go. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit of your journey with us. There's so much more to it. And I'm hoping that you'll you know, be sharing more in time to encourage some of the younger people. So if uh, maybe kids have questions, where can they reach out and DM you? Um, They can reach out to me through Instagram, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, And if there's commenting on on your blog or anywhere like that, that's probably a great place for you and me to both go and look at. Sure. Um, I'm not on Instagram a whole lot these days, but um, yeah. I think and that's what is your Instagram so people know? Uh, Luke Swanson underscore. There we go. And yep. and I'll, I'll couldn't link. get Luke Swanson. That one was taken. I know. Same with Monica <laughs> Swanson. People people are mean like that. <laughs> well, I'll be linking to those places in the show notes as well as to some highlights of your surfing mm. and all the rest. Thank you, Luke, so much for being with us. Yes, thank you, and thank you everyone for listening. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation, and we do appreciate all of the support. I know that some of you were watching along as he went through those world champ heats, and that means so much. Thank you to all of you who over the years have encouraged us and supported Luke. You can follow him on Instagram, and this summer he should be sharing some fun videos and photos of his adventures in Indonesia. So follow along, and you can find links to all of that over in show notes, which are at 
monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 166. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.